Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. There it is. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. The committee is working hard on the voter guide already. John, you want to come to the meetings? No, I trust you all. Yeah, it's usual. The ballots are going out, I think, next week, sometime in October. They're going to start mailing ballots to everyone's home because the election is November 8th. It's not that far away when you think about it. We're almost into October. No, and I think, I think the majority of the uh, votes happen before Election Day. So I, I think people yeah. are still living in the past and they talk about Election Day. No, Election Day is going to start really soon. Right, and then it's Election Month because the votes keep coming in for weeks. You know, yeah. the mail is slow. <laughs> yeah, they keep That's what the Times in. declared it after the June primary. It's now going to be Election Month. We have to keep waiting and waiting for all these harvested ballots to come in. Yeah, I don't, I, that's right. For all the fraud to be processed. That's right. <laughs> Somebody remembers a week later, oh, I forgot to harvest that lady's that old lady down the street. We'll go get it. You could go yeah. back. Well, you could go back and reharvest. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder when things take that long, if they really do check the uh, you no. know, the no, postmarks they, to no, make they, sure it was put in the mail by the night yeah. of the election. Yeah. Yeah. Government workers in California election offices. Right. All honest, all trustworthy. They uh, don't want anybody be disenfranchised. Oh, what do you mean they missed it by a week mailing it in? Ah, so what? Count it. Uh, Can't disenfranchise them. It's important. Didn't we ban that word? Yeah, I use it sometimes just to kind of just put the screws in. Annoy me. Yeah. Uh, oh, so I want to reclaim it. County election <laughs> offices will begin mailing ballots no later than October 10th. Yeah, right. So right. that'll that's be about uh, two weeks away. Yeah. Yeah, so... So that's why we're working on the voter guide. And actually, we're done with the, with the ballot propositions. It wasn't hard. There's only seven. It seemed like a small year. 
compared to other years. But some years it's in the double digits, yes. There's only seven statewide ballot measures. I know some years it's crazy. We, we have, but then what they did was they pushed a lot of them to presidential election years. You see, that's another trick they right. pulled in Sacramento because, because they know a lot of their know-nothings will vote. Well, also greater harvesting potential. And greater harvesting you potential. Know, some right. years yield more crops than others. Yes. So I forget the rules they made, but they're made a lot of ballot measures can only be put like in the presidential election year. Yeah. Or that's what are the we, signature gatherers are aiming for because they, they want to pass taxes and things like that. Are so. we voting no on everything? Almost. 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 Okay. Looks like almost. <laughs> we will see. We have one yes in there? We might. All right. Why would I give? They're not done. The, dude, the committee's still debating. I mean, you don't want to come, you don't have to come. But you know, I'm just if you asking. want a voice, I'm you have to asking. beat the table. I, I I like voting no on things. We're working on the three-legged stool. <laughs> um, speaking of elections, we're going to take you back in time on the John and Ken show. Many of you may not be aware of where the John and Ken show has its. Let's put it this way: uh, our our political roots. We started out on a music station in Atlantic City, New Jersey, but we moved to a place called Trenton, New Jersey, not long after that. And the station, while it played music, uh, we did a lot of talking about uh, the local politicians. And one of the people we spent a lot of time on the first, as soon as we got there, it seemed like, right, in 1990? It was six weeks later. It was like six weeks. This person was elected in 1989. And they really just began serving it in the January of 1990. And we got to the station in March of 1990. And it was the big story. And we spent a lot of time on it. The reason we're talking about it is twofold. This political leader has died. It is former New Jersey Governor James Florio. And secondly, Heads on a Stick Tax Revolt has its origins in that state in the year 1990 on the John and Ken Show. Yep. Well, so that's why we're going to spend a few minutes on it, because it is kind of the significant origins yeah, tax revolts with us. You may have never heard of us if Jim Florio didn't decide to raise $3 billion worth of taxes in the middle of the night. Sounds so small now, doesn't it? It does sound small, but back then... <laughs> it's a smaller state, too. Back then, it was the largest tax increase in the history of the United States. Yes. It was huge. And, and Florio had run on no new taxes. He had said it. It was recorded. And then he right. gets into office... And within a few months, the largest tax increase ever for a state. And he made a crucial mistake. He raised sales taxes specifically on toilet paper. That really got people worked up. And some of them were sending in soiled pieces of uh, toilet paper. Soiled. Yeah. Right. But we. There was uh, an assembly speaker. What was that fat guy's name? Uh, Joe Doria. Joe Doria, right. Yeah. And he was complaining to the press that he was getting soiled toilet paper mailed to him. Yeah. Well, he was one of these guys that produced his own uh, rolls of soiled toilet paper. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it was, he was one of those guys. But uh, In 1991, they overturned the legislative leaders. The, the, the Republicans took over the state legislature. And then in 1993, Florio was beaten. Right. And then eventually the, the tax... There's no got- recall mechanism in New Jersey, so... People had to wait. And the taxes eventually got repealed. And the taxes uh, got repealed. Our listeners back then started a a massive revolt, and we had a big rally in Trenton. We had 10,000 people showed up. People were waving rolls of toilet paper in the air. I was on the uh, back of a flatbed truck with a microphone. 
shouting at the masses. Yeah, you made uh, like the local uh, this oh, New York City we, TV news. I was I the, remember that. I was the lead video of the lead story on the uh, NBC affiliate in New York City. Yeah. For the 6 yeah. o'clock news that night. And then I yeah. made a speech sometime after that, and I made it into the New York Times with the word chicanery. That's <laughs> I did. I used it in my speech. I said chicanery, and, uh, and, and the Flor- Times liked that word. Florio taught me at least everything I needed to know about politicians. Uh, that they're liars, that they're incredibly stubborn, they'll never admit they're doing damage or that they're wrong, and they'll always have the, uh, the media at their back uh, when they're doing uh, left-wing Oh, yeah, all the media was on his side. They called him courageous. I still courageous, remember that. Right. A brave move. Right. And they had every epithet in the book towards us, but uh, we won, the people won, and yes, he the, lost. The deplorables. And uh, his political career was over. He lost the next race uh, for governor. He then tried to run for Senate a few years later, and he still had a bad stink on his name. And uh, he was uh, he was a failure, a colossal failure in life because he, he lied to people and and stole their money. And uh, all these uh, all these obituaries today, uh, they're still calling him courageous, still talking about how he stood up for his beliefs. It's like, you know, yeah, thieves always stand up for their beliefs. <laughs> They think your money is their money, so they're uh, they're courageous. They put a gun to your head and they steal it. We were on the air one day discussing this revolt, and a couple people called in, asked what they could do, and I said, why don't you give out your phone number, begin to organize. And they eventually formed, and the AP mentioned it today, Hands Across New Jersey. Yeah. Now, uh, if you don't recall, back in the uh, back at this time, I think there was... A day, I forget what year it was, where people were supposed to hold hands across America. Remember that? Was it for uh, the farmers? I don't remember what it was for, but that's kind of the origins of the expression, hands across. Yeah. And they, they used it for their for their anti-tax movement. And it was very successful because they got the taxes rolled back. They had to wait until the uh, next election cycle. But the Democrats in the state, they lost the governorship. They eventually lost the state senate. They lost the assembly. They lost it for 10 years, too. And eventually, uh, Christine Todd Whitman. Uh, became the governor, and it was it, it was it was quite a revolution, quite an insurrection. <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah, and, and it works. And uh, you know, if uh, maybe one day people are going to wake up in California, and and realize you don't, because that's the thing. People took action, and it changed their lives. They 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 started getting money back in their paychecks. Prices dropped. Because they got they got rid of those income and sales taxes years later. Right. I, I mean, I mean, you you can change things. You have the power, and this was one of the few times ever I've ever seen in my life where the people seized the power and and uh, gave the big f you to the ruling uh, the ruling barons. And he was a perfect foil. He was so arrogant. He was so obnoxious. He was. People made him because it was popular at the time to look like Jack Nicholson's portrayal of the Joker. Yeah. They kind of took him and put the makeup on his face, and yeah. it looked perfect. I mean, they had all sorts of names for him. He did. He was nasty. Yeah, no, never no. came on the show. We no. never talked to him. No, but he had he had some Gavin Newsom in him. You know, he was he did. He was not as smart as he thought he was. Yes, and and he was nastier than Newsom. I wouldn't say yeah. Newsom's a friendly guy, but Florio was Florio. just arrogant. Yeah, well, Newsom's arrogant, but Florio had a. A certain flair to it that made it particularly nasty and negative. This was he was like the New Jersey guy. Yeah, you don't like it, hump you. <laughs> this wasn't a very comforting eulogy, was it? <laughs> well, no, but 
I read it and I said, it's just frustrating. We can't get something like that going in this state. And you talk all the time about how people have to vote these people out. And they're just not doing it. Not in great enough numbers. Yeah, well, so. I spent I spent the weekend in San Francisco. And, oh. and that's... <laughs> oh, you went to the Mets A's games. That's right. That's Yes, I did. I did. And boy, I, later I got a story about coming off a highway ramp into uh, San Francisco, into the Mission District. That's not District. something we all haven't seen who've been up there, I'm oh, sure. Oh, man. <laughs> I've never seen this. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not anything specific, just the intensity of it. I mean, I saw a lot of, a lot of, we see a lot of crap in Los Angeles, but there was something about this. Jesus. All right. Well, try not to hide your laughter, but coming up next, Gavin Newsom went to Texas, a place he's not supposed to go because it's on the list of being banned for state travel. Hmm. And didn't you also go to Montana a few months ago? Yes. Right? Well, oh, well. And he is definitely, positively not running for president. He wants you to know this. We have the audio. Not now, and not in 2024, not in 2028 even. We are going to save this audio. Yes, we are. Because fine. like the audio of Jim Florio saying he's not going to be raising taxes. Going to hang this around Newsom's deck. All right. We'll play that coming up next. John and Ken show KFI. Well, you know, it's breaking news. Despite the fact that he's uh, spending millions of dollars of his campaign money, not on running for re-election as governor of California, but Governor Dippity Doo has been traveling to other states, been running ads in other states, been active on Twitter and other social media platforms to criticize anything you can think of concerning uh, the likes of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis or Texas Governor Greg Abbott or Trump, or anyone else. So he goes to Texas, and he sits down with something called the Texas Tribune. They had a festival. <laughs> that must have been exciting. <laughs> a newspaper festival. Um, and he announced he's not running for president. Not in 24 and not in 28. Uh, anybody skeptical? No? Uh, and he's been skeptical? humbled by the recall. Complete disbelief. He was humbled by last year's recall. Oh, he was not. He's a liar. He's a posturer. A he fake. found it sobering, one of his great words. He's a fake, a phony, and a fraud. Well, here is uh, the audio. Are you considering running no. for president in no. 2024 or 2028? No. Not even no. considering. Oh, no, not at all. And I thank you. I'm glad you're applauding. No. Uh, um, <laughs> no. No. And no. I've said it in French, Italian. Mm -hmm. I don't know German. I mean, I cannot say it enough. But thank you. It's humbling. It is sweet. It's a nice thing to be asked. I mean it. And I never trust politicians, so I get why you keep asking. I don't. Do you I think when they getting... say this, you always roll your eyes, and invariably they end up doing the opposite. So I get it. I get the cynicism. Do you think you're getting more done, and you ultimately would get done more more done as the governor of California? I'm probably. Hey, uh, you know, California. He's drunk. I mean, what a gift. Maybe. I mean, 40 million Americans strong, and yeah. I mean, we talk about laboratories of democracy, and we're able to scale ideas that have impact all across this country, around the world. I'm very proud of that privilege, and, and I don't take it for granted one day. As I said, I was almost recalled last year. Mm -hmm. You know, they went after me hard. And that's sobering. That wakes you up, how vulnerable, how fast this is, and how people come and go, and, you know, people cut you off. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, that's, that's, that's not just my focus, because I hear when people say that. That's my passion, and that's where my action lies. So when I see you in Iowa in 2023, I will uh, play this yeah. for you. New Governor. Hampshire, South Carolina. I'm in where? What else?
Yeah, he's aware of the list. Yeah. Isn't it? He reeled those states off real fast there. Can we count how many no's he said at the beginning? Oh, when you, she did you play first, that at the she beginning? Didn't finish asking the no, full question. He's like, I, I no, no, he's no. really jumping all over this. Are you considering running no. for president in no, 2024 or 2028? No. Not even not considering. Oh, no, not at all. And I thank you. I'm glad you're applauding. Sounded like no. three uh, no's and a not at all. Um, <laughs> no, no, and no. It's I've said it in French. No, few more. Mm-hmm. I don't know German. It's so, a, think about this too. That part in his statement where he doesn't trust politicians. Wow. He was describing every phony piece of crap that he's about, trying to say, yeah. oh, yeah, I know. They always lie. Yeah. They don't tell you the truth. What are you doing right now with your comment that you're not running? <laughs> of course he's positioning himself. <laughs> this is absurd. Who runs ads in Florida? Who takes on a Texas and Florida governor if they're not running nationally? There's no or, reason. Or, or is he bored? Well, he does. He has a campaign war chest he doesn't need. He's going to coast a re-election this year, so he's kind of bored and looking to spend the money on something. He has, and if you asked him about that, he would say, it's because I principally believe we need to oppose these policies and I will do what I can on the national stage. But no, 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 not at all, no. No, no, right. no, 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 I, no. He, he, he put 40,000 businesses out of business, closed the schools for a year and a half, and now you have millions of students with permanent educational damage brain damage really their brains will never catch up to where they should be in terms of retaining information of learning they're permanently damaged by gavin newsom's policies highest taxes we're out of energy out of water i i i mean it is such a colossal failure crime incredibly high homelessness more than half the homeless in the whole country are in California. So just go through that again. Crime's a disaster. Homelessness is a disaster. Price of gas is, is a disaster. It's 629 in my neighborhood. Uh, the, uh, the shortage of energy, shortage of water, that's five things right there. Schools, a disaster. Business climate, a disaster. 40,000 businesses closed. That is seven major categories. Disaster. Not disaster. just struggling, disaster. Bottom of the bottom of the listing nationally, and he's running for re-election, and he's ahead by twenty-seven points in the polls over somebody no one's ever heard of. He also denied running in twenty twenty-eight, unless that slipped past him because she asked both. I mean, that's even if Biden runs and wins, that's wide open. Not running then either. So his political life is done. We're supposed to believe that no. in this cocky, arrogant no. buffoon? I you want. can see, you're right. He was very, uh, I wouldn't use the word flippant, but his style there was a little strange. Uh, he's not, when, when he has to speak casually and he's not using his techno jargon, his mind wanders all over the place. And it's these short little bursts of words. It's not a coherent thought. And it's completely, that's why I know that techno jargon is an affectation. It's what he uses to cover the fact that he's not really bright. He can't think quickly on his feet. And it's hard for him to focus. And, you know, he's got dyslexia. Maybe he's also got some other uh, challenges in his brain. Laboratories of democracy? What does that, what does that mean? He falls on these weird cliches. We're able to scale ideas that have impact all across the country and around the world. 
Go back. Well, to, not really. Go back. Nobody's to, following you guys on climate change. Yeah, go back to the seven categories you have failed badly in. Take a look the next time you drive past a gas station, and then take a look at a gas station in another state. You'll understand why they're not following us. Nobody's spending what's going to be soon six dollars a gallon on gasoline in the U.S. Nobody's following us. No, they're he, not. They're not levying all these extra taxes on gasoline. He owes his entire life to his hair and his jawline. If he was a short, fat, bald guy, there'd be no Governor Gavin Newsom. It's his hair and it's jaw as jawline. Women love him because he's handsome. He's pretty. What was that? Now, I, I see I see comments about him all the time online. Uh, Governor uh, McDreamboat. Governor McDreamy. He said uh, about the recall, how vulnerable, how fast this is, how people come and go, and you know people cut you off. I wonder what the detail of that story was. Yeah, well, you Some know. Some of the uh, dopey Democratic political insiders cut him off over the French laundry and the recall? Well, you know, his father and mother-in-law moved to uh, Florida and donated money to Ron DeSantis. DeSantis, yeah. yeah. So, I think they voted for DeSantis. Yeah. Well, because they they know he's a dud. They've had to live with him for years now. Right? He comes over for the holidays. He comes over with, with the, the grandkids. And imagine his dad has to sit and listen to this prattle, this nonsense. <laughs> Finally, uh, he and the wife said, we're getting the hell out of here. Son-in-law's destroying the state. All right, Johnny Kedjo, KFI AM640, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Well, late on Friday, a bit of a bombshell story kind of dropped. It suddenly turns out that the Los Angeles City Council is questioning the homeless count. Now, the homeless count just came out. It showed a slight increase in the number of homeless in the city of L.A. and the county of L.A. <clears throat> what they were celebrating was the fact that it apparently had calmed down from a, a bigger number that they expected but, and of course, this is carried out by the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority, LASA, which, by the way, may be stripped of its involvement in spending the homeless money. But that's a different story we'll get to eventually. Yeah, but, and, well, this count is a, is a fraud. It's a bust. It can't possibly be right. It took a little while for the details to come out. Yeah, it says here what really kicked this off was people in Venice couldn't believe it. Lhasa said that there were no unsheltered people, no tents, no inhabited cars or RVs, and no people living outdoors in what is described as the northwest quarter of Venice, which is notorious as ground zero for homelessness. So someone noticed that and said, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that's what they're doing to count people, and I know for a fact that's way off, what else is wrong in uh, this case? I am frequently in the northwest quarter of Venice. Yes, that is a complete lie. In fact, even in the El Segundo Times, there's this line. It wasn't just the number. So wildly wrong, it couldn't be a statistical error that shocked <laughs> them. How they wondered had Lhasa blown the most closely watched census tract in the county. One that is scoured regularly by residents conducting their own tallies. One that was more recently tallied by a team of professional surveyors working for the Rand Corporation. This is really the, the, the center of the homeless disaster on the west side, is the northwest quarter of Venice. So the idea that there was absolutely nobody they could find anywhere, not a single guy in a tent, 
in a sleeping bag, in an alley, in a car, in an RV? We could we could disprove that in five minutes. Lhasa did not respond to questions about the Venice number, but they put out a statement. Ahmad Chapman, who's their communications director, said, During the count, we received several reports of user and technological errors, resulting from a lack of training and poor internet connectivity. Despite these errors, we're confident in the accuracy of this year's homeless count because Lhasa and its partners took several steps to account for what was happening in the field. Wait, wait, wait. They took so if you translate that gobbledygook... What? So they found there was a zero in that part of Venice, and they but he's claiming for it, that people was... in the field realized that could not be true and took steps to account for it. But that was in the final report. That was in the final report. So they so... did not account for it. That's a lie. They're lying about the lie. Well, he didn't specifically talk okay, about the right. Venice miscount. Hold on. This is this is Bonin's district, right? Bonin. Yeah, that's the other part yeah. of the story. Bonin was doing a uh, victory dance claiming that homelessness was way down in his council district and Venice is in his district. In fact, they're questioning a lot about the count in Bonin's district. I'm very suspicious here. I think he wanted a big celebratory moment on his way out and he wanted to give a boost to his potential replacement, Aaron Darling, who's running against Tracy Parks, who's a normal person. And I think what he wanted to say is Aaron Darling is going to continue the successful policies that I started here. Look at this huge decrease in Venice. It's And they must have got their people to volunteer to do the count. Because so the this was a count volunteer was, uh, counting system here. The last count was 2020. Though the average across the city was a modest 1.7% increase, some council districts had large swings. The most extreme an 80% increase in a West San Fernando Valley district and here it is, a 40% decrease in the West Side District that includes Venice. No. That's Bonin's district. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a lie. And I, I, I bet you it was him who engineered this. Um, he, he went on Twitter at the time and claimed the largest and most successful place-based homelessness intervention program in Los Angeles. It's complete fiction. They cleared the boardwalk because Sheriff Fiatueva came and cleared it, not Bonin. Bonin, in fact, was actively resisting explaining why he couldn't do it or shouldn't do it. It's not that he just didn't do it. He thought it was wrong to do it. And then Fiatueva comes in and clears it out, and Bonin takes credit, and then somehow they rigged the count so that there's nobody anywhere in that section of Venice which is impossible, and I know it's impossible because I said we drive there all the time. We go through there. The RAND guy who was in the story, Jason Ward, associate director of the RAND Center for Housing and Homelessness in Los Angeles, talked about how they were doing their own surveys. And he said he was surprised that Lhasa had not flagged the Venice count as a problem because it showed the number of unsheltered people had dropped from 509 to zero. You'd think that would have stood out when somebody reviewed the <laughs> yeah, data. They got everybody. <laughs> Everybody's been housed. Everybody. Bonin's a hero. Okay. It was, no, they did this on purpose. They did this on purpose to promote Aaron Darling, who's a Bonin fraud. They're the same, they're the same guy. Yeah. He could be his, uh, his son. Uh, uh, <laughs> Maybe we should get, to, he was mentioned in the story as Chris LeGras, who's been on our show many oh, times we, before. Yeah, we should get him on. Maybe he has He was some involved. He said he, he's, he's a blogger. He's a... Uh, he published an account of software glitches he experienced as a volunteer counting the Venice tract. 
But look at that. He went out there and he counted the homeless for loss. Well, the, there, there are other counts on the other end that are not making sense to local officials. Uh, Kevin DeLeon has a chief of staff named Jennifer Barraza, and they found an increase of 225 RVs in Boyle Heights. And she doesn't believe that, that there's that much of an increase. Councilman Bob Blumenfield in West San Fernando Valley said he was mystified by the 60% increase, 60% increase in unsheltered homeless people. And he says, my staff is on the streets every day. The increase of people per the loss account does not reflect the reality that we see. So... Blumenfield and DeLeon staff is saying, wait a second, these numbers are way too high. In in Bonnenland, they're zero. So looks like this whole count is a complete botch. Yeah, Legrand said he posted a screenshot from his phone showing, and this is in Venice now, he recorded 85 homeless people, 43 in cars, 29 vans, 27 camper RVs, 67 tents or makeshift shelters, Together, that's 300 unsheltered people. His count matches the records of the RAN researchers, who also inspected that census tract. But he's not sure Lhasa published his results. So I, uh, I think this is very suspicious yeah. and weird. You can't have a zero. I'm, I'm, I, well, I, not in that section, I, I guess. A zero in Venice? Come on. They should have they stopped the, the process right there. And I've also often won that about, wondered that about pollsters. Because every once in a while you get a poll that is wildly out of whack with all the other polls and wildly wrong in the end. Right. You know, they have a candidate that everybody else thinks is, uh, you know, winning by three points. And in this poll, he's losing by 17. And I've always thought, why did they go with a poll like that when it's that far off from everything else? Or is it that they, they, you know, they somebody paid them to do it, so that's what they have. And I don't know if they do all kinds of weird weighting to the sample size. I don't know. But uh, I, I don't know why people go through with producing bad information. Well, back to Bonin. Oh, the Times gives him a little lift here. The botched Venice numbers may take some shine off the 38.5% decrease in Councilman Mike Bonin in a celebratory tweet credited to the largest and most successful placed based homelessness intervention program in L.A., moving nearly 300 people indoors from tents on Venice Beach and in Westchester Park. But if you add back the 300 people missed in the Venice count that's referred to in the previous paragraphs, Bonin would still have an impressive 29% improvements instead of 38.5%. But that leads well, me to believe there were probably other undercounts or no, no we, counts. We, we don't know the number. There's nobody who knows the number. This was this was a, a, a fake report. This is fake news. I know a lot of people that never, you know, this 70,000 homeless people in L.A. County that's been out there since 2020, I guess. Yeah. I know a lot of people didn't believe that. They thought that was a big undercount. I mean, L.A. County is huge. Yeah. And that may sound like a big number, well, and it is compared to other places in the country. I, 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 just look around. Well, that's why I've always been impatient with people uh, debating the exact number. Just open your eyes and look. This is disgusting. Yeah, whatever it is, got to clean it up. It's a disgusting <laughs> disaster. Why does the exact number matter? It's not a number you're ever going to pin down anyway. Every day it changes. Just look around. Look on your block. Let's well, say I there's think, 50 people there. you got to get rid of the 50 people. I think the number is how they base the funding and how they oh. parse out the money. 
Oh, like, like they do with schools and student counts and stuff like that? Like the $150 million we get returned to the federal government? Oh, yeah, we got to talk about yeah, that. Right. So we get the funding, and then we can't find housing. And that story makes me even crazier. Because <laughs> I, what, right, we'll, we'll talk about it when we come back. John and Ken. But John's right. Nearly $150 million worth of federal grants was returned in Los Angeles. KFI AM640, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Well, this doesn't happen every day on our show, but coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll be on the air when NASA is going to slam a spacecraft into an asteroid. You may have heard about this science story. Steve Gregory will be along to talk about it. This is a project from NASA. Oh. The Double Asteroid Redirection Test Spacecraft, DART. Oh, I misunderstood. supposed to collide with a small asteroid. I misunderstood. I thought they were going to crash Steve Gregory into an asteroid. Which that's, is bigger. That's the way. <laughs> I wondered who would win that. <laughs> See, now he's not going to come on. <laughs> 14,000 miles per hour. It's supposed to happen at 4.14 p.m. our time. Oh, and perfect. coming on at 4. I know. Perfect. Can we hear it? I guess we can watch it. <laughs> yeah, I guess we, we can it? hear it, Eric. Maybe we can. you can get the audio of the feed up. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I'll try and find the live stream on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a live stream. So if you want, they've got to have a, maybe they got a microphone on the dart. They have named the asteroid Dimorphos. There you go. I didn't know they named the asteroids. Of course, people remember the Bruce Willis movie Armageddon because they went up there and blew up the asteroid. Oh, yeah. Big I've always rooted for that moment. How exciting would that be if asteroids hurtling to Earth and, you know. Oh, no, you want it to collide and kill us. Well, there's that, too. That's an option. Again, one of your fantasies is to sit in your basement watching the end of the world. You've Uh said this many times. I know. It still is. Andy has okay. a bunker built now. And I have a bunker built now. Yeah, so he might even survive it, which is the sad part. <laughs> I want to be the last guy left. This is my world now. My world. <laughs> I'm the only one left. I'm in charge. It's like which a implies he would not take his wife and sons in with him. <laughs> I'm going to barricade myself inside by myself. <laughs> I will find a way to self-reproduce to keep the, <laughs> the human race Ew. going. <laughs> yes, I will divide like a worm or whatever. I... <laughs> All right, so that'll come up at 4 o'clock. We're talking about, uh, well, the vagrants. The uh, news from the El Segundo Times that came out late Friday was that uh, there were some L.A. City Council members who were questioning the homeless count that just got released a few weeks ago because, for instance, in one very overrun tract in Venice, they recorded no people, Mm -hmm. no no homeless. Yeah, zero. That's just not credible. Literally zero. Zero. Zero people in Northwest Venice that were homeless. Yeah. We also found out in a separate story, but kind of related to all this, with all the money we spend on the vagrants, sometimes we send it back. What? Nearly $150 million worth of federal grants to the three main housing agencies working to reduce homelessness in greater L.A. went unspent between 2015 and 2020. Hey. Instead of being used to address the acute homelessness crisis, the money was returned to the U.S. Department now, of Housing and Urban Development. Here, listen. Where to apparently this. employees there bought new cars, went on trips. <laughs> Look, California sent back money. Eighty-five percent of the returned money was for permanent housing. Permanent supportive housing. That's a big word they like. Yeah. Supportive. But, I heard Karen Bass say that okay. last week. All right. That's the, my solution. We need permanent supportive housing. Okay. These homeless industrial complex criminals, all the criminals 
that run the L.A. homeless agencies and the criminals that run the homeless nonprofits. They have been prattling on forever about the solution is permanent housing. We need more funding. We need more resources. The federal government gave them 150 effing million dollars and they returned it all because they, they couldn't find any housing to spend it on. Yeah, the Lhasa spokeshole, Ahmad Chapman, said in an email, the data are imperfect, but it's a climate where the rental market's hard to access. To access. It makes it very challenging to use all the resources. Well, but you have 100... I guess they couldn't find the properties, is what he's saying, that they could use for permanent supportive housing? I, I, I don't know what it means. Because usually I, there's rules and time limits on this money, aren't there? Isn't well, then, but if the rules and the time limits make it unworkable, then change the rules and the time limits. The point is to get... These people off the streets. They claim the only way to do that properly is through housing. Fine. Here's $150 million. And then they don't put them in any housing? All these people ought to be arrested. Well, you don't want them buying the big place next to you, right? And put homeless people in it? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, I'd love them all in my neighborhood. That'd be terrific. <laughs> There's, there is actually a house next door to me that's uh, uh, nobody's living in most of the time. Lady died. Oh. Yeah, not for sale though. Not for sale, and oh. uh, but that could house you know probably uh, thirty people easily. There you go. Why don't you uh, propose it to I'm, uh, your? I'm, I mean, it's not the Obama mansion in Martha's Vineyard, but it's it's a pretty good sized house. Bonin's still your councilman. Tell him uh, you got a place for. Oh, people. absolutely. Right. I would love to see them over the fence every day. That would be wonderful to have them as neighbors. No, the uh, I, I I mean this is just you know what I don't want to hear anything they have to say. They're a bunch of incompetent boobs. If you're given $150 million and all you got to do is put bodies in homes, then put bodies in homes. And don't tell me about your problems. Figure the it out. county people said they could not find workable housing units. And with the, the clients, that would be the homeless, there was too much poor credit and rental history problems. Okay, wait a second. Is that the well, funny? I thought that was the idea of it. Is that the funniest line in the world? They, they, they can't find homes for these people because these vagrants have poor credit, and rental histories. Who would have thought? Who would have thought a guy living in his own vomit and feces on the street has bad credit? I, of course they do. <laughs> oh, so what? What? So what? I don't understand. This is federal money we're spending to give them free shelter. So why do they need to have a credit history? Why do they need to have a rental history? We're giving them a free place to stay in. We're paying their rent. They don't have to pay their rent. Of course We're, they have a bad... They're living in the street. They got needles sticking out of their arms. What do you think? You, they have an Amex Platinum card? Weren't you a bit surprised to see, though, that the homeless industrial complex in L.A. could not spend all the money and had to well, return some? That makes me think they've stolen so much. They've got not, nowhere to put it. They have nothing more to steal. They've all got, like, nice houses and, and big cars and bank accounts and vacation rentals, and they personally are satisfied. They've taken so much. Has to be that. Because why wouldn't you find a way to, to loot the $150 million? I like the way they quoted Deborah LaFranchi, founder and chief executive of SDS Capital Group, which finances the permanent supportive housing projects across greater L.A., 
Well, with Angela, you'll see funding reverting back to Washington, D.C. for homelessness. When we have a homelessness crisis, it creates a lack of confidence. Yeah, you're not kidding that the right solutions are in place. Well, didn't they didn't we pay huge tax increases a few years ago? Billions of dollars of tax increases? Yeah, well, there was Proposition HHH so or Measure HHH. Or- they, they claimed they didn't have enough money. They're returning this $150 million and they're still taking our tax money. This is this is criminal behavior. This is like mafia stuff here. I I I, I and they have all these complicated answers. Bah bah bah. Stop it. We gave you the money to solve those problems. Buy the buildings. Pay the rents. Build the buildings. Do something with the hundred fifty million. Go out in an empty lot uh, out in the desert and start building stuff. Yeah, this is how it's supposed to work. Residents who are chronically homeless, the rent they pay each month is based on their income, which is often little more than supplemental security income check. A dedicated nonprofit partner provides on-site social services, addiction and mental health treatment, and other assistance for residents. But it says not everybody gets a subsidized permanent supporting housing voucher. Oh, it's mentioning the usual. There's red tape problems. So you, you bureaucracy. Get, get rid of it. Get rid of all the red tape. Get rid of the bureaucracy. Just take a guy off the street who needs help. Take him to an, a building. Give him a room. And say, okay, go down to the first floor. We're going to see what your addiction is. We'll start the process here. That's all you have to do. Stop with the red tape. Stop with the bureaucracy. That's a failure way to treat a problem. These are are failed people whose jobs are protected because they're inside a government bureaucracy. LASA is one of the worst organizations in history. It is filled with all the incompetent people in our society. And they're making a lot of money off us. Because they have a shield up. Well, we're trying to help house the homeless. <laughs> That's right. They're very noble. Yeah, they're very noble. Holier than thou, more righteous than we are. They're complete frauds. All right, John and Ken Show on KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.